in your corner, saving one investor at a time, working for clients, not companies, all while bully-proofing portfolios, totally committed to sharing academic truths about investing, always representing Main Street and not Wall Street. It's your Sound Money team, and this is the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. Hello and welcome to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth, and we are a registered investment advisory firm, and we are independent. We do work for clients and not companies. To receive your complimentary, personalized, and truly coordinated financial income plan, give us a call at 513-575-9654. If you're no longer with the company, you're looking at doing a rollover to an IRA. As a rule, if you're not with that company anymore, your money shouldn't be there either. So once again, we can help you roll that out into an IRA, whether that's a traditional IRA or Roth IRA. Take control of your money. Again, 513-575-9654. Visit our website at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Send us an email. Share your thoughts to team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And we do have multiple locations throughout the Cincinnati area. So whatever is the most convenient for you, whether it's our headquarters in Milford our satellite locations in Westchester, Blue Ash, or in Florence. And here at the studio, our phone number, 513-749-5500. That's pound 550 on the AT&T wireless. Toll-free number, 800-823-TALK, 800-823-8255. All right, today we're going to address the when to call it quits. That's determining when you should retire. Now, understanding the key factors behind this, you know, when to consider choosing that retirement date. It's a pretty important decision. As uh, oftentimes mentioned, there's not necessarily a redo when it comes to getting retirement right. So you really need to prepare up front all things in. As your holistic advisors, we help you analyze from each perspective the investment side, insurance, estate planning, financial plan, income planning. And we'll assess exactly where you're at, where you want to go, connect those dots for you so you can succeed on purpose. But picking out a retirement date, well, to say the least, it's a difficult task. Uh, it's a subject many people continue to somewhat stress over as they lead up to the big day and the big decisions that go along with it. And it's quite understandable, frankly. It's one of the most important decisions one might make, one of you know of the important decisions you make during the course of your life. Uh, there's two or three rather large ones. Um, as you count them off, you know, you're, you're born into the world, you make some educational decisions along the way. You have a marital decision and children and all the blessings go with that, then you arrive at, uh, well, dealing with um, grief. You have parents come and go as you journey forward, and then oftentimes then entering into retirement. Uh, put it off. Try to try to dispel, um, you know, are you really ready? How do you answer that question? Is there anxiety and angst and all the above? Yep, but we want to help you take the stress out of the equation and replace that stress with these these, these assurances of what you should be doing, how you do it, when you should do it now. It's always now's the time to begin the process. Now, if you're in accumulation phase of life, this is the time to save in the right way according to the plan. And then if you transition into the distribution mode of retirement where it's time to pay yourself back with your own money, all of this can be done much better according to a plan. Now, uh, whether you have a lot of money saved for retirement or just a little, um, if you're pulling the trigger on retirement that phase is never easy either way. Many things that uh, we find pre-retirees should consider before retiring uh, would be things like income. Income is something that should most certainly be considered because it's about cash flow. Retirement's about cash flow. Now, we're all used to having a consistent paycheck along the journey. 
But, but when we start, stop working, guess what stops? The paycheck. And instead of saving and putting away the money towards retirement, uh, if you haven't done that, then what will you draw from? What is your nest egg to be drawn from to supply the cash flow? So it's a critical area of importance to have those buckets of money, but there's an even more important uh, concept behind taking the cash, taking the money as your cash flow or your income. So your mindset and your investing decisions, they're going to likely change once you retire. Some folks have trouble changing with retirement. Um, some people have trouble spending money in retirement. They've saved and they, they forget, you know, it's okay now to enjoy it. So I hope that you saved well and are saving well, or you're open to being led and, and uh, directed and, and teamed up with and partnered with to do it right and do it well. And then I hope you'll take some counsel and, and uh, coaching on how to appropriately use it too. And it can go together, work together quite nicely. You know, the mindset issue is maybe the interesting conundrum here because, and it's like a personality trait that gets amplified as we get older and we get more and more resistant to change. And that, that can be a problem as we're entering into retirement. So, you know, oftentimes when we meet people, they're either just entering into the retirement phase or maybe they're just at that, that precipice of they're making that decision or they're about to make that decision. And we find that they're still spending, they're still investing the same way that they were during the accumulation phase. And that can be a problem after you've retired because you no longer have that renewable source of income, that cash flow coming in on a weekly, monthly basis. So really, in order to be successful in retirement, that's where it starts, having at least the capacity or the willingness to consider some changes. And really, that's what today's show is about, is to encourage you to come to our office. It's a complimentary planning session. Doesn't matter if it's the first appointment or the second appointment, even the third appointment. It's still a complimentary planning process. That means the only cost is a little bit of your time, of course, a little bit of our time as well. So whether you meet with one of us or maybe all of us, Greg, Barry, and James, that you hear on our show on a, on a weekly basis, on a rotation basis, our phone number calls today, 513-575-9654. Again, 513-575-9654. Come and just sit down with one of us, maybe even all of us. Learn more about the planning for your goals, your objectives in retirement. This will allow you to go through what we call our sound money investment process for the complimentary second opinion on the health of your wealth. That's true. And um, it, it is important to be prepared to invest differently, to be thinking in terms of a balanced investment plan. And uh, even though you might be one of the bravest investors ever to walk the face of the planet, if you can handle the risk and you can tolerate the risk of the market, that's one thing. But that doesn't mean in the distribution phase of retirement, you have any business doing that with 100% of your money, taking 100% of the risk 100% of the time. Uh, you have this phenomenon called sequence of returns that can turn against you. You don't know what sequence positive and negative returns will come in the market. And the mathematical detrimental uh, factor that negative returns compounded with withdrawals you're making that you hadn't made previously in good and bad times of markets, how it can impact you quite negatively or it might be possibly, right? It's the randomness of the sequence of those returns. So we do certainly understand retirement can be scary and it can be exciting to think about. Uh, it's even better to plan over and plan for. Now, many of you have been working since uh, teens and 20s. Same here. But uh, 
it's just one of those things that if you're not entering into retirement and prepared to stop working or start easing back on how you live on it or have to have a certain amount of income, um, then, you know, two or three years prior to the retirement date, you might try to take a uh, dressed rehearsal at it. But so now that you can see, let's say you see your retirement's on the horizon, it can bring out those emotions. And uh, since you've never been retired before, dealing with those as it relates to your money and, and the plan and income can all be relative. Now, it's our job to help you be more confident in this decision. And we believe that, uh, well, you can do this with the proper planning for the retirement event. And even if you've already retired and think you do not need to plan properly for a retirement date anymore, that's okay. Staying retirement is a good plan, too, wouldn't you agree? You ever heard the, uh, the saying, better late than never? Believe me, this is true. It's never too early, never too late to do the right thing. This is certainly true, too, for your retirement. Well, let's start with this. Maybe the most important question to be addressed, at least in the top two, is can you afford to retire? It starts with that. If you really don't have the financial means to retire, then maybe you should be putting that off at least for a couple of months, maybe even a couple of years. And this might be just the individual you that's looking at retirement. It might be the collective you that's looking at retirement. So before you just simply go out and quit your day job, these are factors to consider, again, before you pull that trigger, before you simply say, I've had enough, I can't take this job anymore, or whatever the case may be. Maybe you love what you do. Maybe you absolutely are in love with your job. Maybe it's health that's getting in the way. Maybe you just physically cannot do or maybe even mentally cannot do the job anymore. So whatever the case may be, before you make that decision, at least come in, sit down, and visit with one of our advisors Again, our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. So after the break, we'll get back onto our topic about when to call it quits, specifically in the subtopic of can you afford to retire? Our phone number at the office again, 513-575-9654. Call us, we can help. But stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC. The talk station. Opinions expressed are solely those of Brown Financial Advisors and should not be interpreted as specific advice. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified investment advisors prior to implementation. Market-based investments involve risk and past performance is no guarantee of future results. Insurance-based investments offer guarantees based upon the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. All insurance, tax, and mortgage services are offered through Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors. LLC. Brown Financial Advisors and Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors are affiliated companies and may only transact business in those states in which registered or were otherwise legally permitted. All right. Welcome back to Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth. And our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email address, team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And we do have multiple locations throughout the Cincinnati area. Milford is our headquarters, but we also have the satellite locations in Westchester, Blue Ash, and Florence. Here at the studio, our phone number, 513-749-5500, pound 550 on the AT&T wireless. Toll-free number, 800-823-TALK, 800-823-8255. All right. Thank you, James. Yeah, I uh, admittedly, I hit a button I'd never hit before. I didn't know exactly what to do about it timely and you, the, the spot the um the dramatic pause there in that first segment so there's a illustration in life everywhere around us and the lesson in that is 
I wouldn't want to be in retirement and not know what button to push and where I am and have these gaps. Gaps would lead to gaps and maybe in cash flow or proper investing and the wrong possible time, the worst possible time. Uh, just like live radio, hitting the wrong button, the worst possible time. Just a thought. But uh, on this topic that we're on today, determining when you should retire, well, let's delve in a little further. You know, we understand that retirement's scary and exciting. Uh, it can be quite spooky if you're in the midst of a market that's seemingly volatile or maybe it's going from bull to bear and you're wondering where that leaves you and hopefully not in some crosshairs of it all. But um, I think that's the one that really unsettles people the most is if they are perhaps unsuitably invested in a market where they are too much at risk, too much at market risk, too much specifically in equities types of risk, and then they're taking money out of their portfolio. They're not having any money going in. They're retired, remember. So when it comes to what they have for that renewable source of income, maybe it's Social Security. Maybe it's only Social Security. Maybe it's not even that much. And then when they see the markets going down and they see their accounts going down because they're taking monies out to live on, it's like that double whammy of, of a downward spiral. And so, yes, there are many variables that go into planning for retirement. And starting off the can I afford to retire question, maybe start with this. Think of the, like a teeter-totter or the seesaw where you have on one side your assets, the other side your expenses. And on the asset side, you have things like your pensions, if you're lucky enough to have one, your 401ks, your IRAs, annuities perhaps, Social Security, and, of course, other types of investments as well. So the other side, well, maybe it's just your health care. Maybe it's daily living expenses. Maybe it's not only the wants but also the needs as far as the daily living expenses. Long-term care should also be included in this little seesaw equation here. And, of course, the discretionary purchases for fun things and fun events such as your travel and leisure and entertainment. So going back to thinking about this retirement seesaw, what side is like the scales of the balance? Which one is tipping into your favor or is it tipping away from you, not in your favor? And, yes, it will take at some point crunching some numbers to see where you stand and if you seem to be on track. And knowing exactly by experience what to heap up on each side of the seesaw by category and then budgeting uh, appropriately for it comes by the experience that we can bring to the table. So you don't have to navigate through it on some guesswork and hope that your, your facts are straight uh, because it's consequential. And so much what James mentioned too on the emotional side of when the markets become confusing and um, chaotic and, you know, and volatile, if you're not careful, you'll start dealing from a plan of emotion instead of a workable plan of action. And uh, speaking of actions people take. And if well, you're month to month as far as your emotions are concerned, so December you're down in the valleys, down in the pits, and then January and February is back to being somewhat maybe it's a pleasant experience. You may be euphoric about how the markets have actually restored all of what they took away or seemingly took away during the last quarter of 2018. So if that's you, if you're still on that roller coaster, how is that little pit in your stomach handling these things, right? Exactly. Don't catch yourself in reaction mode. Don't let your action be a reaction. Just stay to the plan, stay the course. If it's balanced, it will be appropriate to take you through each of these seasons uh, as you can navigate forward. 
And uh, if your action is to just go to the Internet and Google, can I afford, can I afford to retire? Well, you're going to see a lot of different responses pop up and calculators with it and gadgets and widgets and such. Well, although we don't believe that using an online calculator should be your determining factor for when to retire, uh, it could be a good place to just tinker with and just be exposed to the variables that are out there. Uh, people are curious, and it doesn't hurt to check out the number of calculators and, and uh, pieces of information are out there. And as long as you don't fall victim to, hey, it's on the Internet, it's got to be true, right? No, we know better than that. So, for example, 25 times rule of thumb. You might find some kind of philosophy of that. Well, let's explore it. It states that if your savings are roughly 25 times larger than the amount you'll need to withdraw from your retirement portfolio in the first year of retirement, you should be in good shape. Now, let's give you an example. Let's work through a hypothetical example to paint the picture. First, determine your total projected annual expenses in the first year of retirement. Let's say it's 90000 Second, subtract the other forms of predictable income, such as a Social Security or a pension if you have one, maybe some rental income that you're receiving from another source based on some property held. So subtract that from your total projected annual expenses. So 90 minus this number, let's say this number's well, 40000 90 minus 40,000 leaves you $50,000. That's the annual amount you would need to withdraw from other source, like your portfolio, to, to fill that gap of income on an annual basis. Okay, now let's take that $50,000 value, multiply it by 25, and you have $1.25 million. So in this example, you would need approximately $1.25 million in retirement savings in order to retire. Now that rule assumes that your retirement will last 30 years, and if you do the math, it's a 4% drawdown. And uh, as we all know, everyone's situation is different. So, again, this is just a hypothetical example, and we could poke many holes in it. We could say it has very positive attributes, but it has negative ones. And you can't afford the negative ones unforeseen and unplanned for with a backup plan, with a balance plan at that. Because it's, it's sidestepping the reality of that concept of sequence of returns. And if you have more negative returns that start early in retirement, and then they're random and intermittent thereafter, uh, it could mean a much different outcome. It could mean, no, your funds will not last you in the retirement stretch of 30 years. They might um, they might empty out at year 22 or 25 or some year before you leave the planet. So don't, uh, what is it, don't, don't have, don't outlive your money, bottom line. You don't want to outlive your money. And the number that we gave, the, the hypothetical example, the $90,000, that's what your total expenses are that you require in the first year of retirement. Of course, it's not a one-size-fits-all, not a one-number-fits-all. Maybe yours is higher. Maybe it's lower. So that, that really does drive the outcome of what is it that you need as far as your number to maybe successfully retire. Maybe a solution is that you don't completely 100% retire. Maybe you drop to the part-time status or you go back to work maybe as your own boss, self-employment, consulting work, whatever the case may be. So some other strategies want to say, well, what are different ways to maybe create more savings before retirement? So start with this, save and invest a little bit more aggressively. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily take more market risk. What that means is start paying yourself first. Increase your contributions to that 401k, your 403b at work, also your IRAs, whatever the case may be, as far as what you have for individually owned accounts, and also the non-qualified or the non-IRA plans. So don't forsake, just because the government says, here's how much you can put into an IRA, whether it be traditional, Roth, SEP, or simple, there are other ways to invest, save, spend, 
and invest towards retirement. And a beautiful way of doing that is just a regular flat-out brokerage account called a non-IRA. Take advantage of the capital gains tax rates. That's just one example. So small things do start to add up. And, yes, over the course of time, you will be happy that you did at least get a good early start once you do reach that retirement phase. Now, the second one. Now, that's that's the impact of planning. James has uh, kind of challenged us with some maybes when he turned the corner to introduce a lot of the things that could become your maybes. These are the variables that are best to know in advance that are baked into your retirement plan, working with your retirement team on a holistic basis. You know, some of those maybes were tax inefficiency at 90,000 minus um, the 50 or the, I mean, the 40 leaving 50 that took in a vacuum out of the equation, the tax implications, you know, that didn't include that. Oh, because of how we took the income from where we took the income, we ended up having unnecessary or additional or excessive taxes on social security or, uh, you know, these are considerations. So, as James is going through the maybes of, of uh, savings before retirement and looking at the concept of delaying retirement, James, what are some things to be mindful of when it comes to delaying retirement? Well, if you are working as an employee and you want to maybe drop to the part-time status, consider the impact it could have on things like your benefits, such as your access to health insurance, which could be a major problem if you're under the age of 65. Also, does that impact your eligibility to even contribute to the retirement plans at work, whether it be the 401k, the 403b. But those are factors to consider if you're working for someone else and you want to drop to maybe a part-time status, does your employer allow for a, maybe a more flexible and at a reduced work rate or work level uh, number of hours? Maybe the other possible solution is going to work for yourself, be your own boss. Problems with that come with, well, are you going to be profitable at doing what you're doing, working for yourself as your own boss? So, yes, working part-time can be a solution, but it can also create a whole series of problems in and of itself as well. So there's more. There's much more. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Again, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. But after the break, we'll get back to our topic of the day, when to call it quits, determining when you should retire. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC. The talk station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth, and we are a registered investment advisory firm. We are also independent. We do work for clients and not companies. To receive your complimentary and personalized financial income plan, give us a call at 513-575-9654. And if you're no longer with the company, as a rule, your money shouldn't be there either. Give us a call. We can help you roll that out into an IRA, 513-575-9654. Visit our website at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Send us an email. Share your thoughts to team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And we do have multiple locations throughout the Cincinnati area. Milford is our headquarters, but we also have the satellite locations in Westchester, Blue Ash, and Florence. Here at the studio, 513-749-5500, pound 550 on the AT&T wireless, toll-free number 800-823-TALK, 800-823-8255. Well, when you come in, bring your investment statements with you. We'll do a full analysis of that. First appointment, we'll just get some facts on the table about your situation uh, we'll take those investments, analyze them inside and out, show you the costs, the spreads, the fees, the margins, the loads, the redundancies and such that are in there, and then uh, formulate, you know, what should you keep, what should you tweak, 
what should be outright replaced, show you what a balanced strategy looks like, uh, make sure that the money you're not willing to lose is not risk to um, market, you know, the market risk in exchange for reward over time. You need to have the right risk in the right position with the right investments to achieve what you're looking for. And um, we'll take a look at your income plan, put all that inside of a financial plan on a on a no-obligation, complimentary, that means free basis. And as James mentioned, you invest time in us, we invest time in you, and we arrive at however many meetings together to a presentation of the facts, just the facts, our clear recommendations, all the value we know to share, so you can get a clear picture on what you think our relationship can be after we've shared what we think. You know, we work together, becomes a team. Types of questions you should be aware of heading into retirement, which is the centerpiece of today's show, and knowing that we will help you with the answers to each of these questions, such as what factors should you consider before deciding to retire? What happens if you retire before age 65 and need health care? Can you continue to work past full retirement age and still draw your full amount or amounts of Social Security? What age uh, should you start drawing? I mean, actually starting to draw your Social Security and what are the, the implications or considerations in that? Um, how do you transition or transfer uh, into this next phase from making contributions uh, to accounts to taking distributions from those accounts in retirement? It's kind of like you don't see a pediatrician anymore. You go to the specialist. We're specialists in this financial phase of life. James, any of these you want to cover as we continue? Oh, yeah. What type of debt is it still good to carry in retirement as well? There's good debt, bad debt, and ugly debt as well. But if you're married, how should you determine for yourself, maybe also for the spouse, maybe also for the family? Because there are times that you could draw family benefits when you look at Social Security planning options. So the family benefits could be for a dependent child. It could also be for dependent parents. How much and we know this will not cover all of your expenses in retirement, but how much will Medicare actually cover as far as your expenditures towards health care? How much, well, this is where we start saying allocation-wise, of your investments, your life savings. What should be allocated where? Red money, yellow money, green money, when you start planning and entering into the phase of retirement. True. And which buckets of money should be purposed for growth? Which ones for income? which are more tax efficient to draw from and which sequence and why, you know, how do you, uh, uh, apply a, which rule specifically of thumb, um, and seeing how your nest egg is uh, actually large enough to even retire or how you can, you know, phase into retirement if need be, uh, you just don't want to get it wrong. And that's where we, well, we could, we could go so many directions. We could talk about social security. We could talk about tax efficiency. We could talk about the implications of healthcare, it's like, where do we want to go? How about um, strategy-wise, along the lines of spending less in retirement, consider downsizing to a smaller home. Now, maybe look at communities around you that have a lower cost of living, lower taxation. Maybe that includes a state nearby that might be more friendly to the retired version of you. Move closer to family or friends. Just don't chase the kids across the country. We, we see that end poorly time and time again. Um, but, uh, you know, we have an old saying, too. You might might think through this through a bit. Uh, don't don't live where you like to vacation because you can run both. And that's think about that. So how will you cut down on ongoing travel expenses, whether a little or significantly? Depends on where some of the family, friends, and places you like to go. 
Um, we can also say that uh, you should avoid jumping right into retirement and buying a little place somewhere. Go check out a lot of little places everywhere and then keep good notes and look back and, and decide and decipher, you know, we like this place. So if we're going to have a second home somewhere, now we know on a compared to what basis. Because people get into things and they, they really don't know how to get back out of them again. And they're, they're wasting time on the clock in the, in the game of retirement life. Uh, cheaper lodging out there, better destinations closer to home you can enjoy, eat out less often. If you like to socialize with family and friends, invite them over instead of going out to dinner. You could That could be a funny cartoon caricature kind of thing. The person that's a bit stodgy always stays home. Everyone comes to them. They barely lift a finger, move a muscle, and never bear any expense whatsoever. Now, there's a good retiree. Not necessarily. More humor than not. Well, we're not saying don't enjoy retirement. Bingo. We're saying Live within your means. Live within a, 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 a budget as far as your retirement is concerned. So, in other words, don't just simply go out and spend beyond your means. Now, the next part kind of ties into this is paying off the bad debt. And first and foremost, one of the big factors of this is just simply the cost of money. But it does seem obvious, but it's also surprising at the same time on how many people overlook and really don't sufficiently plan for the debt and the paying of the debt in retirement. So, yes, the higher your debt payments are when you retire, the less you'll be able to spend on other things. And that's why we want to start with having you wipe out as much debt as possible prior to retirement, but at the same time balancing that out with the cost of money. So if you only have a dollar to either save, invest, or to spend on paying off debt, then what is the cost of doing one versus doing the other? And there are certain types of debts that maybe you should consider paying off first. And let's start with the obvious, which would be the credit card debt, personal loans, and automobile loans. All right? So those, big reason why those are to be paid off first, at least don't carry a monthly balance, is the higher interest rates and also the lack of any potential tax benefits. So that's why uh, we, we say that you should retire this debt before you do. So that debt should be retired before you are retired. That way it does not eat away at your savings and it doesn't reduce your standard of living early into retirement years. Now, it's interesting enough that uh, folks who take some debt into early retirement or retirement for that matter, um, you know, it, a truth is never long fanged or grows too old. It just remains a truth. And uh, from, Gosh, the people at Crown Ministries to um, Crown Financial, I mean, and Dave Ramsey and others who can take some part of staking a claim in the snowball method. If you're in debt, and this is the bad debt, and you're wanting to get rid of the bad debt to get on to the good stuff, you can always apply the snowball method. Just take your smallest monthly amounts due on these different debts or debt items and uh, pay the smallest amount rapidly. Um, put as much money towards it as you can. When it's paid off, you have that much money plus the other money that you're using for these types of debts to smush together, to roll up and snowball together, to pay off the next smallest and then the third smallest. And all that money saved from not going to those other debts comes together to pay the next now largest. Before you know it, you've knocked out the small to large, those debts. All that money now returns to your cash flow for either savings or reinvestment, you know, putting it back in your future until you need it again, or to do something with now in your retirement. Just uh, don't repeat the process of getting back into the bad debt would be the uh, soothsayer's wisdom on a fortune cookie near you. Now, another type of debt that you should look to pay off would be the student loan debt. 
Believe it or not, people age 60 and over now make up the fastest growing segment when it comes to taking out student loans for education. Now, this isn't grandma and grandpa helping junior bear and grandchildren with excessive student loan debts, you know, kind of beating back the fire of that. Now, this, these are the mature ones themselves with some education accessing debt to finance the educational process. A debt is a debt. It, it's just a, it's not a respecter of persons, but it can be something that erodes the quality of your retirement and particularly, again, that phrase, cash flow. On average, you know, these folks are carrying $20,000 in college debt for either themselves or, again, children. It does sneak in um, bigenerationally. It's important to note that up to 15%, you may or may not know this, of your Social Security payments could be garnished if you fall behind on student debt in the court or the collection arms take action. Now, take care of this as soon as possible. It'll benefit you in the longer run. And that brings us to the last type of debt for your mortgage. We talk about some mortgage, and we'll talk about mortgage. And as we continue, when is the right time to retire? You're listening to Sound Money Investment Show right here on 55KRC. The talk station. Welcome back to Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth, and we are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent, working for clients and not companies. And it all really does start with the plan, having a plan, knowing what you own, why you own it. So whether it's help with investment strategies, safe retirement solutions, tax-free retirement, Roth conversion analysis, income planning, retirement planning, Social Security maximization, all that and more we can help with. Our phone number again, 513-575-9654. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. And our email address is team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And we do have multiple locations in the Cincinnati area, Milford, and also the locations in Westchester, Blue Ash, and Florence. Greg, where were we? Well, we are talking about the mortgage aspects of debt and transitioning away from bad debt to just forms of debt. Sometimes Debt can be your friend if it's leveraged appropriately and you're the master and it's the slave. You always have to be careful about uh, anyone who's saying always and every and, you know, never and all these extremes because sometimes some things just can make sense. Well, in this case, the interest on the type of debt known as the mortgage interest, uh, it's tax deductible unless it's not. Now, with the nuances of the tax reform, um, James is, well, I'll just, James, I have some things to say, but finish this thought. It's probably at, uh, at least it's less threatening in terms of a debt uh, over the three that we've mentioned above with their credit cards and such. James, but some of your observations this tax season being the tax guy. Well, I'll start with this. When you look at the size of the asset involved and that normally we're talking about an appreciating asset versus a depreciating asset, that's why it's not a bad thing or it's not bad debt to have on to carry a mortgage. You know, relatively speaking, within what's the cost of money, what's the cost of the loan as far as that's concerned, compared to carrying debt on an automobile as far as a car loan or even on those credit cards. So that's that's really the, the bottom line message is the mortgage debt is really not a bad debt. It can be a very, I would say, productive type of a debt. But nevertheless, it's something that should be accounted for and planned for when you start reaching those retirement years. So, for example, if you're in the 3 to 4% range, and uh, that's your cost of money, 3% or 4%, anywhere in between, over a long period of time, the rest of your forever. And if that's 10, 15, 20 years left, or someone just, say, in nearing retirement took a 30-year mortgage, 
Um, that's a long time. What other investments can be equal or greater in the expected rate of return with the appropriate risk, uh, even fixed and guaranteed type investments? Are they out there? What can you research and find that would make sense out of a lower cost of money, acquiring it at lower cost and deploying it at higher value, creating an arbitrage to your favor to where you become your own bank? So there are some sometimes where it makes sense. Other times it's just the reality is someone's taking a mortgage into retirement and it looks like it's their you know, friends to the end. Well, why would we say that? In 2016, Federal Reserve had a number they put on this. 35% of people aged 65 to 74 were still paying off their home loans. Sometimes when we find people doubling down and adding more to that payment, trying to get rid of it, they're, they're depleting their cash. They're depleting assets that throw off cash. It's not always advisable. Sometimes it's better just to stand back, stand down, factor in that payment, and on a friendly way, right into the budget, the overall cash flow budget of the retirement plan, and let it go. I almost think a song on cue. But, James, you were also mentioning some observations from tax season that you're seeing, salt, interest um, expense not being deductible for some, et cetera. Well, it just means with the standard deduction being essentially doubled from what it was in 2017 and then comparing it 2018 and 19 going forward, most people – relatively speaking, are not able to itemize deductions. But at the same time, that should not be the, the main consideration about you know, whether or not to have a mortgage is, can I deduct it on my taxes? Other factors should be also considered. But you know, let's, let's go uh, beyond that. Let's start on to the Social Security. So starting with when we, and this is our call to action on the Social Security and analyzation, is how do you maximize your benefits, whether it be your individual or collective benefits, Collective could include just simply the spousal benefits. It could also include child or children benefits. It could even include the parent as far as mother and father benefits as far as the Social Security planning options around just the one primary retirement benefit. So there are many different factors at play as far as when one should start claiming Social Security. And it's not just as easy to say, hey, wait till 70 and claim the largest benefit. There's many other factors that go into that. So usually during the maximization report that we produce, most people, when we illustrate this, they're somewhat surprised to find out that the, the sweet spot is maybe around 67, 68, sometimes 69, but it's, it's usually not age 70. It's almost like saying if you have a pizza sliced into eight different slices, well, maybe I can only eat six, so I'm going to slice the same size pizza only into six pieces, and there it's all better, right? <laughs> Same amount of pie consumed, same amount of pie. But factors to consider before just simply turning on your benefit. Now, let's start with this. Sometimes it could be as simple as this. If you absolutely, positively need the income, then it's a really easy answer. Turn it on. Turn on your Social Security yeah. and start drawing the income. That's your sweet spot according to your plan to retire at that time. But are you still working? Are you more than one year away from what the government calls your full retirement age? Do you have other income sources coming in? Do you even know exactly how much income you need coming in to retirement as far as what is your monthly cash flow, what are your uh, monthly budgetary needs? Will your retirement savings be enough if you decide to delay or defer your Social Security? And also, will there be a stepping up, like an 8% roll-up or step-up, of not only your benefit but potentially also the spousal benefit planning options? So that's why it is so important to work with a qualified financial professional, you know, someone such as us, 
That way you can see how the Social Security benefits can fit into your complete retirement plan. It's not going away. The Social Security program is not going away. It will be there, and it does need to be planned for. That's where we can help Brown Financial Advisors. Call us today, 513-575-9654. James, on spousal benefits, oftentimes overlooked, it's a, it definitely comes up in planning your cash flow, your income plan, your financial plan. The maximization report may say a multitude of things, but then we hone in on this simple truth for you. It is that you're okay on cash flow, you're okay on the income coming from other investments, your uh, spouse has maybe started his or her Social Security check and is providing some provisional income, but you realize that their income from Social Security is so much smaller than your own that you continue to defer and allow yours to build up to age 70 before taking it, not because you needed the larger check as a household, it's because when you pass, you've already figured out through some help, guidance, coaching, and a planner with an advisor who works for you and not the company, that it makes sense to build that up as a survivor's benefit. Exactly. That larger check, the larger of the two, goes to the surviving spouse. The smaller check goes away in essence. So this is a way to build a larger survivor's benefit for the spouse who would have otherwise too little income comparatively. Well, another factor, too, could be, are you subject to the offset provisions? That means the windfall elimination, maybe also the government pension offset, the WEP and the GPO. At the very least, find out and plan for that. Don't just simply be blindsided by that. So that leads to the final topic, which is about the health care expenses. And Medicare, yes, it's a great start if you're over the age of 65 or you're eligible because of disability. But at the same time, Medicare only pays for approximately 60 to 65% of the projected health care expenses that you'll face in retirement. And that does not include a long-term care stay. A long-term care stay could absolutely devastate anyone's retirement plan if they've not planned accordingly. On health care, James, the long-term care benefit is misunderstood so often. It's a subacute and acute care coverage. It's not chronic care coverage. You don't have a long-term care insurance policy just because you have Medicare. And oftentimes we want to say congratulations if you're able to retire earlier than 65. But uh, as James is indicating here, guess what? You might have a health care gap that you need to get privately taken care of. Okay, we know at 65, supplements may or may not be enough. Advantage and supplements together may provide and help. But before age 65, if you retire and you can't stay on COBRA or you don't have an individual health care plan, you better get one because health care could rob you of a good part of the enjoyable aspects of your retirement financially if you had a huge catastrophic type event. Well, in general, if you're under age 65, COBRA is better than the exchange in general. And also, don't rely just on original Medicare. Sign up for Medicare Advantage or Medicare Supplement. There's more. There's much more. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Again, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. On behalf of Greg, myself, James, and Barry, we want to thank you for listening today. Have a great week. And remember this, sound money, where good things are believable, achievable, and true for you.